G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today I'm going to select my starting five for the 2023 All-Star Game. Let's go! talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. And he's going to Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Uh, today, we are going to be going through uh, not a whole lot of fantasy basketball talk. We're going to be talking about uh, my selections for the uh, 2023 All-Star Game. Now, uh, I know, obviously, each year we probably put a little bit too much stock into All-Star Games and... Uh, it's something that uh, I go back and forth on myself in terms of how much weight and how much value they hold. And, and I think uh, at the end of the day, I probably put a lot more weight into a, uh, an all-NBA team at the end of the season when you've got a full season of data. Obviously, these things are happening now in the middle of the season. We're in January right now. Some players have missed time with injuries. Some players have not. Uh, some players are injured right now. So it's it's a little bit up to interpretation in terms of how you view these sort of things, but to, um, and again, obviously we've got the fan voting system, so a lot of the players that are a bit more known quantities, a little bit more bigger names, more exciting, obviously we'll get a lot of those votes and probably cause them to get in over some other players. Um, but the way that I'm choosing to vote today, and I'm going to take you through, uh, voting uh, with me today is um, is basically just rewarding the players that I think have had the best season so far. And, uh, you know, criteria for that, obviously, I'm diving a lot into sort of some uh, advanced analytics, what I see with my eye in terms of all the basketball that I've watched so far, um, how much they're, they're contributing to their team's success and their team winning. Um, and, of course, we're limited by the uh, positions that the All-Star voting system allows. Okay, so obviously, we're going to go through two backcourt, three frontcourt, uh, for both the East and the West. And uh, yeah, let me know down in the comments below before we get started who's on your All-Star starting five. We will also do a reserves uh, later on as well um, when the starters are announced and we have uh, the pool of players to choose from after that. Uh, just like to mix it up and talk some real NBA from uh, time to time. So uh, let's get started over here. We're looking at the uh, All-Star voting um, uh, website over here. So we're going to start, let's start over in the East. Um, starting with the backcourt. So I think for me, the backcourt here comes down, there's about four players that I would really consider for this um, this sort of spot here. Again, the, uh, <laughs> the, the jersey hanging up here, the banner above my head might indicate that I have a little bit of bias, but I do my best to try and put that bias to the side. I think for me, the first and, and probably the easiest selection for me for the All-Star uh, starting backcourt for the East is the uh, is Donovan Mitchell here. Now, Donovan Mitchell has been someone who is putting up 28 points per game. Obviously, uh, we we expected him to maybe fall back a little bit after being traded from Utah to the to the Cavs, but he has obviously had that 72 point game explosion. 
Cleveland are right there amongst it in the top five. It's very sort of close after you get outside of Boston. Um, you know, Milwaukee in second, third, Philly, fourth, Brooklyn, and fifth, Cleveland are all separated by one and a half games. So every every couple of days, you know, he, they could be as high as two, three, low as four or five. So they're right in the mix of those contending teams, and I think that they are a legitimate shot at the title this year. And uh, Donovan Mitchell has been sort of the steady kind of guy there. Um, he does have a lot obviously a lot of help with uh, Darius Garland. Evan Mobley has played really well. Jared Allen's been solid all season as well. So, uh, But I think that obviously he has been the standout so far with some huge highlights. Obviously that 72-point game. You put up 70 points in a legitimate uh, game, not to throw shade at Devin Booker who put it in a bit of a blowout. But I think that definitely puts people on notice and I think he's a deserving winner uh, of this award um, or I suppose this spot um, in the All-Star game. The second one was a tougher choice. There's there's three other guys here that I'm I'm considering. I'm considering Jalen Brown from my hometown, well not hometown, but my my team, the Boston Celtics. I'm also considering a James Harden. Let's sort this by fantasy points. We're a fantasy podcast anyway. I'm considering James Harden. Um, obviously now Harden's missed a little bit of time, so uh, I kind of deduct a little bit of points from there. He's also playing alongside um, one of the best players in the NBA, Joel Embiid. Now obviously he's obviously doing really well, 11 assists per night, so didn't quite make my list. The guy I'm actually going to go with, and I, this could be contrary. Controversial. He's injured at the moment, but I still want to reward Tyrese Halliburton as uh, as my second guard for the East. I think that no one really expected the um, Pacers to be doing very well this year. They have fallen away, and obviously they've fallen away since he has been injured. They're sitting in ninth. I think they got as high as sort of fourth or fifth at one point during the season. They're still 500, so 23 wins. Um, you know, only sort of five games back from Cleveland, who I mentioned with Donovan Mitchell. And obviously, they have fallen away recently with, um, you know, they're on a five-game losing streak. I think most of those have been without uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Now, I just think he's been really, really good. Um, you know, leading that team in, in points, in assists, in steals. Obviously, we know his impact on the fantasy side of the court, but in, in a real-life sense, he is he's incredible. He's ultra-efficient for a young player. He is definitely just the engine room for that team, and without him, that team is really pretty bare. Um you know, yes, you've got Miles Turner there, who's putting up some really good numbers, and he is doing his best. So, but between um, him and Miles Turner, there's not a whole lot of uh, other talent on this team. Yeah, you kind of got a shooter in Buddy Heald, but in terms of being competitive and staying in those playoff races, I think that um, Tyrese is kind of doing all that he can, and I think he's had an outstanding season so far. So, I want to, I want to sort of reward that. Uh, I was close to putting in Jalen Brown in here, but. There's another player that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna sort of add in to sort of reward the Celtics there. I don't know if maybe we can have two Celtics in the starting five. So Jalen Brown is definitely an All Star this year. And again, these these are the starters. Okay, so a lot of these guys I'm considering will be All Stars. I'm very confident in that. But just for the starting spot, I did want to reward a Tyrese Halliburton because I think he's had an outstanding season so far. And uh, yeah, I think uh, none of us really expected the Pacers to be doing as well as they. We considered them to be sort of like a bottom three side in the East uh, before the season, and Tyrese has said, no, no, no. Uh, we're actually going to be pretty decent this year because I'm uh, I'm a really good player. So shout out to Tyrese. Let's head over to the uh, front court, if I can figure out this uh, website here. So the front court here, there's really, look, right up the top here, 
There's four players. We've got to fit four players into three spots because I think that there's a legitimate, like, head and shoulders above everyone else, four players in the East, in this front court, that should they should all be All-Stars starters. Unfortunately, we can only fit three of them in. I think any one of them would be an All-Star starter on the Western Conference as well. But we have to pick three. Now, I'm going to go ahead and pick... Um, my guy here, Jason Tatum, I alluded it to before. He is the uh, first member of this front court that I think is definitely deserving. Obviously, uh, best record in uh, the league. Very close to Denver, but currently Boston has the best record in the league. Jason Tatum is right up there in win shares. He's right up there at box score plus minus. He's having a fantastic season. He does so much for this team. He's, um, you know, he's he's kind of one of those guys. Uh, him and Kevin Durant, I, I have a little bit more respect for them because they. Compared to a lot of the other superstars in the NBA that are putting up 30-plus points per night, their free-throw attempt rate, their free-throw totals is a little bit lower than a lot of those other guys, and um, and they're still managing to do it quite efficiently. Their three-point percentage, their true shooting percentage is still quite up there. Um, Jason Tatum is one of the more underrated defenders, I think, also in the NBA. He is... Um, Probably not given as much credit as I think he should be uh, from the general media in terms of his effort and also his impact on the defensive side of the floor. Um, And obviously his rebounding has taken another step up, uh, which is excellent. And I think overall, you know, he's one of the the front runners for the MVP award. Um, I think maybe, and we'll talk about this later in the season, he he was my early favorite. I'm not sure if he is anymore with uh, the play of a certain center over in the West, but uh, Jason Tatum is definitely deserving to me to make the front court. The next guy here that I'm going to put on my list is Kevin Durant. I've got him as my next front court guy. Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets started the season with a few... uh, a few shaky things going on in their team, namely the Kyrie Irving thing, the the introduction of Ben Simmons. But they are they. Uh, Kevin Durant has been the consistent guy there the entire season. He is someone who, obviously, I am a big fan of. I think he's one of the best players in NBA history, especially on the scoring side, and no different this season. Again, it's kind of like the Jason Tatum thing. He doesn't rely on getting to the free throw line 11, 12 times a game. He scores efficiently in the flow of the offense. He is underrated defender. Probably, um, you know, he probably gets more props than a Tatum, but again, probably deservedly so. He's just ever-reliable, um, always really, really good. I think he is someone who... You know, what more can you say about Kevin Durant? I think it's a pretty obvious one that he should be there. Again, I'm putting him in over a few of these other guys, uh, or at least one of these guys, but I think that it's deserving based on um, what he's done for that Brooklyn Nets team that had a lot of turmoil in the start of the season. And and again, he was the constant that's always been there and uh, has them uh, just uh, fourth in the standings. But again, only one game behind second in the East behind those Milwaukee Bucks. The next one here... Again, I'm leaving one great player off the list here. I can only pick three of these four amazing players, but I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. And uh, surprisingly, look, Giannis was my pick for the MVP to start this season, but I'm leaving him off the bloody all-star starting five. I don't feel great about it, but again, it's just a tough selection here. I really struggled with this pick here, but I'm going with Joel Embiid again with James Harden missing time, and Bede has missed some time as well, but then so has Giannis with his knee sort of ongoing thing that's that's sort of uh, limiting him a little bit. But 
Joel Embiid has been uh, just as dominant this season as he has in the past. He's put up some really, really big lines. He's also really killing it on the defensive side of the floor, where I think Giannis has sort of taken a bit of a step back this season compared to sort of his uh, defensive player of the year seasons, obviously. Um, whether or not that's the knee thing or, or whatever the case may be going on there. And his efficiency hasn't quite been as special and elite as it has been. Now, it's still obviously really high and one of the best in the NBA. But just compared to what we've seen in the past, uh, obviously their free throws continue to be a major concern. They've actually taken a step back. Um, hasn't really shown a huge improvement or, or has actually taken a step back in his three-point shooting. Look, it's really tough. I'm, I'm really splitting hairs here. Uh, but I think, obviously, James Harden's missed a lot of time and B's still the, got these guys up in that third spot. Again, half a game behind Milwaukee. So they're, they're right there. The teams are right there at the time of me making this video. So I can't really split them in terms of their record. I just think that Joel Embiid is probably, you know, you've got players like Drew Holiday and um, Brooke Lopez who, you know, are right up there in defensive sort of player of the year discussions, um, you know, again, Chris Middleton's been missing for a lot of the season, so that's, you know, maybe a point in Giannis's favour. Look, I'm, I keep back, going back and forth, but right now, this is how I've got it. I've got Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant as my starting front court for the East. would love to get Giannis in there, um, and again, for the, uh, for the, the, the backcourt, I think the other guys that I think I wanted to get in there was maybe a Jalen Brown, maybe a James Harden, but I think James Harden's just missed a bit too much time, and I think Embiid's more of the engine room of that team. Um, and again, with the Jalen Brown thing, having Tatum in there, I'm sort of rewarding him more. And, and again, all of those guys, I think, will obviously make the team, but in terms of when you're splitting hairs for the starters, that's, uh, that's sort of how it looks. So let's... Um, Let's head over to the Western Conference now. So we'll start with the Western Guards. Now, obviously, there's a pretty clear-cut one that we're going to put in here, and that is obviously Luka Doncic. 33.7 points, 8.8 assists, 8.8 rebounds. Um, you know, killing it for fantasy. Obviously, he's been a great pick this season. And again, I'll stress this again. The biggest thing for me that's been the most impressive for him this season is the fact that he's doing it so efficiently. And I criticized uh, Luca earlier in the season. I said that if he continues to play the way that he's playing, that he he shouldn't, or I, I can't remember if I use the word shouldn't or, or or won't win the MVP award. I still half stand by that. I don't think it's a, a, a product that or, or a style of basketball that is conducive to winning an NBA championship, is conducive to sort of being successful in the NBA, but obviously there's not much around him in terms of talent. They kind of have to do it that way, and, and he's still doing it at, a, at an efficient enough clip that I think that obviously we need to praise him as an individual. He's obviously incredible. I, I think the, the thing that separates, I've seen a lot of people compare him with like a prime James Harden back in Houston. Uh, James Harden was never this efficient. He, he's, his um, turnovers were obviously a lot higher. The, the, the true shooting percentages were obviously way down. And uh, whilst the, the raw numbers, the, the counting stats look and appear similar. Um, I think that Luca is obviously doing it much more efficiently, which I think is very, very important for, for the NBA. And um, I think he's also maybe a little bit less of a liability on the defensive end. Uh, just a touch. Again, sometimes that gets overblown with James Harden, especially in some of his years. He's cleaned it up. But I think Luca obviously has a little bit more awareness on that side of the court. So I think he's a pretty obvious one to be getting in there and is obviously right up there in the MVP discussions. Um, the next guard here is tough again. There's probably um, 
Again, I'm probably looking at these three players. I know it's obviously fantasy points, so I'm trying not to let that sway me. But Steph Curry was maybe the early guy that would be considered there. Again, missed a lot of time. The Warriors, uh, you know, they've, they've clawed their way back. They're sitting six in the uh, Western Conference right now. So that's really strong. Jama Rant, you know, 27 points, eight assists, kind of doing what he did last year. Memphis Grizzlies have the best record of these three players. Um, I think... What maybe deducts Jar for me is just the depth of that Memphis roster. I think that obviously they've got some awesome players like Jaron Jackson Jr., who has been incredible since he's been back. Um, you know, I think Stephen Adams is having a very underrated and a very good season this year. Desmond Bain is obviously taking another step up as well. He's he's really good, and they've got a lot of a lot of good young uh, pieces that complement their depth. So I'm actually going to give the last guard spot to Shea Gilgis Alexander. I just think he's been absolutely incredible this season. The Oklahoma City, kind of a similar argument that I, I gave for Tyrese Halliburton that I'm giving for Shea. Without Shea Gildas-Alexander in this squad, this team would be right down the bottom with, with Houston and San Antonio. They are basically tied or the same record as Golden State. I know that that puts them down at ninth. They're half a, half a game back, one more loss in the loss column. But compared to like a Dallas, compared to like a Golden State Warriors team, they're actually not that far off the mix. They're right in that playoff hunt. So I don't think you can really take off what he's been doing uh, from the team's performance point of view because when he's in there, he is he is so good. He is so... Uh, he's right up there again. He, I think he's top three in win shares this season. Uh, box, box score plus minus, I'm pretty sure he's top five. The, all the advanced metrics have him sort of top five in the NBA in terms of impact. Uh, I know the rest of the team is not the best, and they're still obviously a young side, but a lot of people were saying and writing off OKC, saying they're going to be tanking again as soon as Chet went down. Okay, here comes the tank for OKC, but Shea is making sure that that is not the case. Um, Giddy has stepped up again to another level this season, which is good to see, but it is really still 100% Shea's team, and I think uh, I want to give him a bit of credit, and he's played a lot of games this season, a bit more than Steph. So for me, Shea narrowly edges out these other two. Um, you know, if, if you maybe value the standings a little bit more, you might go with Jar, but I just think, you know, in terms of value to a team, I think that Shea is probably more valuable to the OKC than Jar is to the Memphis Grizzlies because, uh, like I said, they do have really good depth over there. Um, let's move on to the front court now for the Western Conference. And let's start with the obvious one. Uh, Nikola Jokic. Uh, I said it before. I, well, I alluded it to it before, but I think that for me, he has kind of edged his way a little bit more now into that MVP favorite uh, category. He's just absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I mean, nearly averaging a triple-double, but it's it's just how well he controls the court, how well he controls the tempo of the game, his efficiency. He's actually super underrated defensively. He's he's top 10 in defensive box score plus minus, uh, top 10 in defensive win shares. Uh, he's number one in the NBA in a lot of advanced stats in terms of win shares, uh, VORP, uh, a lot of these, uh, you know, PER, all of these sort of advanced stats, he's sort of right up the top there. And um, obviously Denver right up the top in terms of the league standings, uh, one game behind Boston with 32 and 13, uh, you know, with his running mate Jamal Murray back in the lineup now. He's, and again, Jamal Murray started a bit slow, so Vuce, uh, sorry, Nikola Jokic um, is, uh, is someone who's 
been the constant for the team. I don't really need to talk and explain myself for, for Jokic, the Joker. I think he's a pretty obvious selection. The next couple I found difficult. It's almost uh, like the other ones in the in the West, sorry, in the East. It's like, how can I fit these four in? Whereas this one, it's like I'm kind of, I don't feel great about any of them. Like I would have Giannis in over all of these guys um, in, in the in the Western Conference, but unfortunately with the divisions, uh, with the conferences, sorry, you split them up. So my, my first guy here that I'm going to actually put in is DeMontis Sabonis. Um, now, if anyone has listened to a lot of my content in the past, this is probably maybe a surprising one for a lot of you. I've not been the biggest DeMontis Sabonis fan. Um, I think with the trade in terms of, and I don't want to get into too much, but the trade with Tyrese Halliburton last year, I was very much on the Tyrese Halliburton side. And I still am. I still think that Tyrese is a much better player in terms of, like I just prefer those guards. I think they have a more impact on winning. But Sabonis, to his credit, has been outstanding this year. And I tweeted out a few weeks ago that, that I've definitely been wrong on uh, Sabonis so far this season. I think I had him closer to the 40s than the 20s uh, in the, in the obviously the fantasy basketball rankings, but the fact that he's been able to improve his assists, even on a team with Jaron Fox um, and, and then the Kings, again, to their credit, man, I'm happy for you Kings fans if, if this is sort of you know, this is what you guys want, then I'm super happy for you. They're sitting third in the Western Conference at the moment. Now, there's uh, it's it's pretty tight between that third and, you know, all the way down really to the, uh, you know, maybe 11th or 12th spot. It's actually, it's actually pretty tight, but they're six games behind Denver, you know, tied the same record essentially with New Orleans Pelicans um, and a couple games ahead of Dallas and Golden State. So they're right in the thick of it. At this stage, I'd put money on them making the playoffs, and which is a big deal in Sacramento. And I think Sabonis has probably been their best player, um, most consistent player. And I think that despite the flaws and the downsides to his game, I have to reward him here with the season he's had so far. Um, again, this is where I struggle because I don't think that I would... Like, I don't think Sabonis is a better player than a few of these other guys that I might leave off. But in terms of how well he's done this season, how well he's contributed to his team's success, I think that... Um, yeah, I think that he is obviously someone who is deserving of an all-star starting nod. Um, so, yep, Sabonis to me makes it. Now, the next one here really came down to three players. LeBron James, obviously... Lowry Markinen, who's been a major surprise for us, and Zion Williamson are the three guys that I'm really considering for this last award. Um, let's start off with Lowry Markinen. He's he's been incredible this season. I was keen on him to to go into fantasy drafts this year. I thought he could take a step forward. Obviously, going back to that more natural power forward position. No way did I expect him to pump out 25 points on in better efficiency. Um, you know, he's looking uh, more athletic than he's ever looked before. You know, that dunk that he had a few, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, was just nothing that I've ever seen Larry Markinen do. Um, so he's been incredible. I think he's just a touch behind those other guys in terms of, obviously, the, the Utah Jazz have fallen away a little bit recently. Um, you know, sitting seventh in the, uh, in the Western Conference. It kind of pushes him down a little bit more. Now, again, it's not his fault. He doesn't have the best team around him. But again, when I'm splitting hairs, I think that that sort of drops him back down. The next one's here, LeBron James. Look, he's LeBron. He's 38 freaking years old. It's amazing what he's doing. But there's an element to me that feels as though there's a little bit of good stats, bad team vibe with LeBron. 
and I know I'm going to get killed for this. I know some people are going to be in the comments saying, what are you talking about? It's LeBron James. He's the greatest of all time. Look, I get it. I'm not necessarily here to argue that. But just for this season so far, the Lakers, they haven't been good, man. Like they're sitting 13th, you know, third last in the Western Conference. I know that Anthony Davis has missed a lot of time, but they were struggling before that anyway. I just think that there's no one, like the stats to me, maybe over-inflate what he's been able to do this season because who else is going to put up stats on this team? Now, of course, I know that he is obviously head and shoulders the best player on this team and his value. And if LeBron wasn't there, this Lakers team might be the worst player, worst team in, in the NBA. Like that's, I, I get that. I understand that. Um, you know, the, like the fact that he is this good and his team is that bad and he's still being considered here is a credit to obviously his talent. But I'm going to go with Zion Williamson for my last vote. Now, Zion, again, you compare the stats, they're not too far apart. Now, Zion, 26 points, nearly five assists, seven rebounds versus 30 points, seven rebounds, eight, sorry, eight rebounds, seven assists for LeBron. LeBron has a slight statistical advantage, you know, maybe a little bit more assists and rebounds, but Zion's efficiency is, is probably more, more pronounced. He probably, like I said, he, his stats probably mean a little bit more because it's, it's improving the team's winning record. Teams obviously have to, and I'm not saying they don't do this for LeBron, but you, you have to sort of game plan for Zion so much. He's so unstoppable going to the rim, and I know I'm comparing him to LeBron James, who's probably been the most unstoppable player for his entire career ever. Um, but just for this season, again, I think that Zion Williamson has been just instrumental to this team succeeding. They've had injuries galore throughout the entire season. Ingram's been in and out. Uh, I think CJ McCollum's missed some time. Um, you know, a few other people in and out of the lineups. Uh, Herb Jones has been in and out. So Zion, I think, has been just incredible this season. So I think that with the Pelicans sitting up at, where are they, fourth in the Western Conference um, you know, in terms of the the league, they, they're right up there in terms of the standing. So I think that I'm giving him the edge just because of the team success. The, the hesitation again that I have, he's currently out with that hamstring injury. I'm expecting him to be back for, in time for the All-Star game. Look, I really struggled and went back and forth between these two ones here, guys. But um, this is where I've landed on. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know how much of a LeBron hater I am. I'm sure down in the comments. But let's have a look on these uh, on these picks here. This is the team that we're going to be starting out here. So to review in the East, we've got. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. In the West, we've got Luka Doncic, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Nikola Jokic, DeMontis Sabonis, and Zion Williamson as my starting five for the uh, 2023 All-Star Game. So, again, let me know down in the comments what you think of my team. What would you do differently? What is your team looking like? And uh, and then once the starters are actually announced, and I'm sure LeBron James is going going to be in there because he's going to get voted in. Um, we're going to have a, a different mix of players to choose from, and we're going to go through the reserves. So uh, again, make sure you guys are subscribed. Give this video a big thumbs up, and let me know if you have any fantasy basketball questions as well as your all-star teams. And uh, I'll catch you guys next week where we're going to be reviewing the week that was and plenty of other content. Bye.